Again, I want to thank you guys for joining with me this morning. Uh, you could be doing a lot of different things on a Sunday morning uh, rather than than be here with with us. So, last week, if you looked at the core one uh, sermon from last week, it's on YouTube. If you would like, uh, it's also on the Tough Questions for God website. Uh, it's posted there on the homepage. <clears throat> but if you look back at what we talked about last week, we talked about several different things. One of them was, what is a God? You know, what are the qualities that make up, you know, this term that we use, God? What does it mean to be a God? You know, terms like omnipotence and omnipresence and, you know, all-knowing and all-powerful. Are these all things that we attribute to the God that we worship, especially in the Christian faith. You know, is that the God that we are talking about here today? That was one of the questions that we addressed last week. We also addressed the issue of the Bible. Did God, you know, did he really write his word to humanity in the form of scripture, in the form of a Bible? Did God inspire other people through centuries you know, to write down experiences, all of these things uh, that were sent to them by the Holy Spirit of God. Did he, did he formulate this book called the Bible, utilizing all those people, you know, over centuries and culminating it all together in the 66 books that we know uh, as the Holy Bible? Did God do that? That was one of the questions that we asked last week, and, and I still want us to consider today because it has a, a direct effect on what it is that we believe as Christians in the Christian faith. You know, is it really God's word? That makes a huge difference. You know, is God really a God that has all of those qualities and characteristics that we talked about last week, like omnipotence and all? And then I left you last week with, with a statement to kind of mull over and talk about this week. The statement was this, does God really care about your opinion or does your opinion in regards to God make any difference? I might have a certain opinion of, of God at times, but does that change who God is? Not really, not really. When it comes to our Christian faith, we need to remember, though, that what we believe in our heart of hearts, uh, it grows. And when we experience new things, <clears throat> new challenges, new ideas, uh, as we watch some of the truths that we believe in our heart being tested and then found to be reliable, these things help to solidify the, the, the core beliefs that we have inside of our heart. And that's what this series is all about. It's about what is it, without any question, I really believe in my heart. Opinions aside, is God who he says he is? Is God, you know, able to write me a book? You know, is God able to communicate to humankind in a real, in a relative fashion? That's what it's all about. You know, last week we also looked at a scripture that came out of the book of Revelation. And, and Jesus was addressing a particular church. 
And he said to them, he says, you know, because you're neither cold nor hot, I, you're just lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And the meaning behind that particular scripture was that, you know, they, were, they weren't sold out, so to speak, for Christ. There were certain things that they believed about God, but there were certain other things that they didn't. You know, they didn't, they questioned what scripture had written. They questioned what some of the prophets had said, you know, and there was just a lot of doubt in the midst of their early beliefs. And Jesus said, you know, because you're neither cold nor hot, I wish you were one or the other. He says, I reject what you're, you know, this relationship that you want to have with me. You either need to be sold out or, or you're not one or the other. Well, this week I want to look at something different. I want to look at the question of life. Now, as far as the how and the when or the where, it's really not important. What I want to look at is the who and the why. That's what's important. Who created life? And why? Those are the two questions that we have for today. You know, did God really create life? And if he did, why did he create life? What's, what, for what? One of the things that I have on the website or will be on the website tomorrow is um, core study notes. Each week I'm developing a list of scriptures that have to do with the concepts that we're dealing with on Sunday. You know, like today we're talking about, you know, uh, did God create life and why? Well, the core two study notes that'll be posted on the website tomorrow, uh, they were all scriptures from the Old and New Testament that deal with the answer to those questions. And if we believe in God, uh, able to and having written us his word and scriptures, he really is answering that question for us. Now, let me let me kind of throw something at you a little bit. If I decide to paint a picture of something, and let's say I go out and I buy the, the paints and the brushes and I buy a canvas and I go set up my stand, you know, at the beach, and I'm painting this beautiful sunset and all, and then once it's done, who owns that painting? Well, I do. I'm the one that created it. I'm the one that bought it. I'm the one that bought all the supplies, and I'm the one that invested the time and the energy and the talent in creating uh, this beautiful painting. So I own it. And because I own it, I'm the one that gets to choose whether or not that painting is put on display, or whether that painting is destroyed, or maybe that painting has changed. You know, if, if God really created life, and it wasn't just haphazardly formed on its own, you know, but if God created life, wouldn't he have ownership and dominion over it? Of course he would. And if God owns and has dominion over life itself, uh, he would have also designed it, and there would be a reason and a purpose behind it. God just doesn't do things haphazardly or, or for no reason. God created life for a reason and for a plan and for a purpose. So let me ask you this. Do you agree that if God is the creator of life, that only God couldn't determine when that life can be ended in a perfect in a holy way. Let me let me say that again. 
If God is the creator of life, and he owns life, he has dominion over life, then isn't it reasonable to also believe that God is the only one, as the owner of that life, who can determine when that life should be ended, and he would do that or allow that in a perfect and a holy way? Now, would you agree or disagree to that? That's one of the questions that you need to you need to kind of wrestle with today. If a core belief for many Christians is that life is sacred and that life is holy and that only God has dominion and purpose over it, then why is it that so many support things like physician-assisted suicide, um, the death penalty, and abortion. If life really is that precious, if life is a gift from God, if life is owned and controlled by God and only God, then why would we support all of these other things? You see, it has to do with our core beliefs. You know, if I have certain opinions about things, that's one thing. If that's what I base my relationship on God with is opinions, then it's probably going to be changing all the time. But if I honestly and truly in the the heart of my heart, know that God is the creator and the author of life and has total dominion over it, then, yeah, I think that God is the one that can understand and determine when that life can be ended or when it can be started, because it's his. Well, another question would be this. this is why did God create life? Why is it that God would create human beings and all the different forms of life that he has. You know, was, was he bored? Was he sitting up in heaven twiddling his, his thumbs? And, or was God in need of companionship? Or did he just want to watch us squirm? You know, what was the deal? Well, Scripture tells us that the reason that God created life and made life, it actually stems from his very nature. A nature that is holy and perfect and loving and good. His nature desires to share the goodness of who he is and the blessings that he has in his abilities. He wants to share that with his creation because it brings God joy and pleasure in order to bless others that believe in him and trust in him and that truly have and want a relationship with him. Scripture also tells us that since God is love, he wants to be able to share who he is and share that love with other people. All of these things are things we have to consider and ask ourselves, are they core beliefs in our heart of hearts? Do I really believe that God is who he says he is? Do I really believe that God is the one that is in control and has dominion over life? And that all the things that God does, even when I don't understand them, that it is still being done in a holy and a perfect way. Is that a core belief? God wants each one of us to worship him, Scripture tells us. And to freely choose to love him and freely choose to worship him and 
And all of these things, he doesn't force us to do anything. God wants us to know who he is and then turn to him in love and faith and hope and trust. That's one of the reasons that we were created, why God created life. Not only to share himself, but to bring blessings and joy into new life, into our lives. And of course, we're here to serve him, you know, to serve his plan, to serve what it is that God has has always intended. You know, a lot of people say, what was the purpose of life? What is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? All that kind of stuff. Well, in the book of Micah, this comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. And it says, He's shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What's he saying? He's saying that if you want to know what your purpose in life is, this is your main purpose. Your main purpose is to live a just life in the image of your creator. Just as God is just and holy, you're called to do the same thing, to live life the exact same way. And we're also called to love mercy, to really understand and comprehend the mercy that God has shown us. You know, people that are fallen, people that have problems, people that don't always do things right, people that are undeserving of all the blessings and things God has given to us. You know, we're called to understand that and to appreciate the mercy that God has shown us and also share that mercy with others. And then the final part is to walk humbly with God, to be in relationship with God, to walk with God to live in the presence of God, to experience God, to experience the blessings of knowing who God is, to allow God to share his goodness with us, and then in turn we share it with others. That's part of the reason that we were created in the first place. So this week I want you to think about these concepts and these, these ideas that I've kind of presented to you today. And then we'll get back together next week and take it all another step further as we look at the core things that we honestly believe about God and about our faith. Thanks and God bless and invite somebody to join you next week. See you then. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.